They say April showers bring May flowers, but it's been dry as hell. A full leaf clover can bring you closer to luck than pennies in a well. Well, I've been waiting on a shooting star, but ain't a damn one of them fell. And if it does, I'll be too cross up to even tell. Well, this is Cowboy Shit once again. My name is Ted Stoven. He is Wacey Anderson, and this is another episode of the Truck the Cast. Truck Cast. We're back. We're back. We are on the road between uh, currently between Lloyd Minster and uh, Fabian, Alberta, doing a bit of a sales trip. Wacey, thank you for coming out. Thanks for driving me. I appreciate having a driver on these trips. I like driving. A I lot. do too. Yeah, I, I really like, like driving. driving. I so since I've turned thirty, <laughs> I've started to get car sick. Really? <laughs> yeah. No like shit. really in the last like six months I've like really like noticed especially if I'm like in a small car in the back seat. Really? Like if I'm on my phone or like not having a good time, like I get car sick. Oops, sorry. I get car I get car sick real fast. Careful. Just lost hold of the steering wheel there for a second. Uh oh. We're all good. It's good. It's good. It's good? Yeah, it's you good. Sure? Yeah. It's good. It looks like it's not good. Ah, it's fine. Okay. Yeah. Didn't tip over yet? Nope. Okay. Uh, um but yeah, car sick. Yeah, really? I've noticed I've been getting car sick more. So yeah. Do you think that you were before you didn't know what it was? No, no. Like I noticeably like car sick. Like even uh, really. So being able to drive and being able to like focus on the road and have my head out of my phone is not a bad deal. So I have to lay down in the back seat if I'm dri- if I'm not driving. Yeah, that's and one reason I bought a crew cab truck because I knew if I ever ride, had to ride back there, I didn't want to feel shitty. I uh, yeah, space. exactly. It's, it's even like even sitting in the back of a truck when we were on the way to Vegas, it wasn't so bad because I was in a truck. But, like, in a car, like, Jen's dad has, like, a small, like, Honda Civic hatchback thing. And it fucking, like, if I'm in the backseat, it kills me. I'm so sick. Really? Yeah. How long? Like, you're not driving very far in Vernon. Like, to, like, say to, like, the air from the, like, Vernon to the airport, it's, like, 30 minutes. Really? Yeah. Just, cause Is it I, better if you're up front? Yeah. Usually. Like, I noticed it for the first time uh, when we were at Sunshine Coast last fall. I rode in the back seat on the way to the to the mountain bike park. And it was kind of a windy road, and I just, like, got, like, I felt, I could hardly bike in the morning. I was feeling so ill. So really? Damn. I made, it's made me appreciate driving. I just like being, like, in control and driving. And so what I felt like driving to and from Vegas. Like, I could, I would have been too bored. I would have had to sit in the Yeah, it's just something this nice. Like, I usually, like, put on, like, a podcast or some music or whatever. So. Yeah. But yeah. Car sick. Not fun. Dang. I, uh. I got car sick when Cade was driving on the way home from Vegas the other day. <laughs> so I guess since we did our last show, uh, I was at home for a while, then I flew to Vegas on yep. Wednesday, golf with Cade and, and Donnie, Joe, and, Ve- and Mesquite. So Mesquite. He picked up some in Vegas. You know what the craziest yeah. part of the story was, though? Not crazy, but it's shitty. Uh, we got a Uber. I thought getting an Uber wouldn't be that bad. So we got a big Uber because it was uh, we needed to take our clubs. Uber from uh, in Mesquite to the golf course? No, no, from the airport in Vegas to like some random Costco Donnie was parked at. Okay. $125 what US. What the fuck? Yeah, and it was like, it was a pretty long ride. Like, it was far. Yeah. But we got surge priced and, like, it was oh. fine. And then all of a sudden, bam, they surge priced us because it was like 5 o'clock Vegas time. And, like, it wasn't, it really wasn't that long of a ride. It was like 25 minutes, maybe 20, 25. Damn. So, yeah, 125 US. Dude, fuck. that sucks. Yeah, it was that's been happening in Calgary, too. Like, it's I've almost seen as much as the fucking flight down. There. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Get that's a fucking Uber. Fucking brutal. Just so Donnie didn't have to pick us up closer to the airport. At one time, Uber was the best, oh. but maybe it's not the play no more. Well, Kate was like, we should just get a cab. And I was like, ah, oh, this, I like Uber better. And we don't have to yeah. deal with waiting in a fucking cab line, old cab, fucking yeah. around. 
And Donnie had been there since like 2 p.m. We got there at 5 because he's oh. extra early for everything. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he could have literally met us like 10 miles closer and saved $200. Fuck, that's bad, I just dude. didn't tell Donnie because I didn't want to feel bad. <laughs> <laughs> I guess he has a big trailer on. So makes yeah, 26-foot trailer. So it's not like you can just still, pull man, that through the 126 airport. bucks? Fuck that. U.S. dollars. So bad. $3,000 Canadian right now. Oh, so bad. Anyways, yeah, thanks to America for having me again. <laughs> um, we like America. Mesquite, uh, Wolf Creek Golf Course in Mesquite, totally badass. And then the, we golfed at the Palms as well. Uh, and the Palms was really flat on the front, but the back nine was, like, really cool. We actually had a really nice time. Man, I'm so pumped golf was here. Yeah, me too. We, but uh, Wolf Creek, anybody that's ever got a chance to go play Wolf Creek, I would 100% recommend it. Pretty Damn expensive, right. but we got a package with the uh, golf course. We got rooms and golf Stay together. Stay and play, baby. Stay and play, yeah. So it worked out. It was decent. It was still kind of expensive, but it's I don't know. Whatever. Some, some of that kind of stuff, the experience is worth the extra money. Yeah, it was cool. We, right? got, we played, like, 48 holes of golf in two days. Yeah, that's deadly. We played, like, in. got another spin on Wolf Creek, got another 12 holes in, I think. Sick. That was pretty cool. Almost got two full rounds. But That's we got too dark. We ran out, of, ran out of daylight. I guess they're kind of, it's not quite summertime, peak summertime sun yet. So no, can't correct. really get that. Although Vegas is, you know, you don't get much variation there anyways. Yeah, fair it's enough. It's not like Canada where we get 17 hours yeah. and we get seven hours. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, man, that was good. I uh, guess next week, like, so what, the show comes out, what? Tomorrow? Tomorrow, man. April 6th or something? April, today's the 4th. Like the 5th. Yeah. Yeah, so then next, like then we go to Herbert for the weekend. Then next week I'm going to zip down to Denver, see uh, my Montana sales manager, Jade, and uh, friend Patrick Powers also works for Montana. We're going to go to the Oilers are in Denver. Nice. So we're going to see the Avalanche and Oilers, second last game of the season. Which could be a good game because it has big implications on the season. Yeah, It very well could. And then, uh, you know, Oilers could win the division still, potentially, or yep. could be fighting for home ice. They're playing L.A. tonight, so that'll be kind of cool. But yeah. Calgary still got a chance. But, yeah, then we're going to go to a baseball game the next day. Then nice. I zip home and go to a buddy's birthday party over in Kelowna. Damn. So, yeah, we've got a fun little bit of time with here. Then I go to my first Canadian Pro Rodeo of the year, uh, Dawson oh, Creek. Oh, yeah, Dawson Creek, the spring rodeo yeah. is here. Then you got your first rodeo in Battleford. In the month. Battleford. And we got the Horse Expo, too. Which works out really well because my, my nephew is turning one, so I get to go to his one-year one birthday party that weekend. So it actually oh, worked good. out perfectly. Okay, good. Yeah, it's good stuff. That's awesome. Man, okay, one thing I wanted to bring up that I just yes. remembered. There's yes. a clip circulating from Joe Rogan's interview with Luke Combs either a week or two ago oh, now. Oh, BAM. Ta- no, talking about uh, Coulter Wall. Oh really? Yeah, like they're oh. they're talking. They talk about, about Banff too. Yeah, talk about Banff, <laughs> and they're talking about Coulter Wall, extra and, Montana, and that's jo- what Banff is. And Joe was like <laughs> fucking like still like trying to get he's been trying to get Coulter on for like a year and a half, and they're like he's like still saying he doesn't do any media. But I just wanted to reiterate that we have an interview with Coulter Wall. Yeah, episode seventy seven. So tell your friends for those of you looking to hear more about tell Coulter Joe Wall Rogan. story, check it out. Yeah, tell Joe Rogan that suck it, we got him first. Remember, so. remember. Uh, well, speaking of uh, Coulter and. It made me think. I just saw him again the other day, seeing Sandy Cooper. Mm. So I saw Sandy and and uh, and Maggie. Uh, Sandy, for those who don't know, got in a bronc riding wreck, mm-hmm. broke his C three and four, I think, really up high. Um, didn't know what was going to happen, but now he's up and he's standing and he's walking a break bit. Off, neck neck brace braces off. off yeah. so great, great to see that going the right Man, way. I'd love to see it for Sandy. You can still check out his GoFundMe too in our yeah. in our bio. So and he's got uh, merchandise too. They're using for fundraising as well. So yeah, hell yeah, yeah. Good folks Sports from Sandy. there over there in the Cypress Hills. Um, 
Yeah, man. We had a we had a fun chat. I, we the, it was like Sandy was interviewing me that day. I just told him a bunch of stories. We had a lot of fun. That guy's impressive, dude. Like that the time when you and I went to visit him, like he just so he, he wants to know things. Like he just likes to. He's yeah. really inquisitive and he likes hearing the stories. And he's a young rodeo guy too, so it's it's, it's nice to share some stories. Yeah, it's nice to share stories with him and visit. He's got such a positive and like bright personality that he's just nice to be around that guy i told him some fun stories <laughs> that weren't allowed to be shared anywhere else pg-13 yeah it was pretty fun that's awesome uh anyways it was we had a good time yeah they're uh, good, good folks but uh oh it made me think of something else now too uh what the heck was it sandy um oh yeah this is what it was so i called brett gardner the other day because i was like brett i have this thought in my head and i wonder what we should do about it because there's not many rodeo announcer stands that are wheelchair accessible and i haven't told sandy about this yet but i want to say sandy like i don't know what you want to do moving forward in rodeo but i want to offer to help you on the sound or audio or announcing you're like oh cool and i was like but we got to figure this out to how to get him in the announcer stand if he's yes. got a right so he's got a we got to work on uh some of that for him but i maybe think like not all rodeo is very accessible at it's times, not so. very accessible like there's like yeah I, the only the only rodeo grounds i can think that have a wheelchair accessible grandstand right now that i've been that i can sing out there's like tp creek would be one of them yep calgary stampede i guess they would definitely have it yeah and i think i think Pinocchio's, grand prairie has got to have it grand um, prairie armstrong does strafmore does so i think most do but it never it like hasn't been something but i think even just getting some, at some point so like getting to that section for someone in a wheelchair would be, be hard, a hard task yeah, yeah so but something, I, something i thought of i was like yeah we got to make this you know more accessible. I, I don't i don't i don't I haven't even offered it yet like i haven't even told yeah. them but it got me thinking. I was like, "Hey, like, if he wants to still be involved, I'd I'd be glad to show him how to do the music side of things." Hell yeah! But I was like, "Shit, we got to get him so we can get around." But he might be able to walk out of there soon too. We don't know. Yeah, he's be outstanding too. Did the progress that he's made in the past few months is damn impressive. So yeah, keep chugging along, Sandy boy. Yeah. Um. You, what else got Wait. we? You you guys? So you guys went to the Royal Tyler oh, Museum? Oh yeah. Are we don't. I think we talked about that last show. Didn't no, we? we did not. No, we didn't. No. Yeah. So what was going on? So Storm went to. Uh, she went skiing with Mel. So Corb, Corb's uh, fiance Mel, they went skiing together. Nice. And like Louise went to the Nordic Spa. Uh, another friend of theirs, who uh, I think it was Christine, was her name. I forget now, but I'm pretty sure that that was what it was. Anyways, yeah. She flew up here, and she actually has a minor in paleontology. Sick. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't end up getting to hang out with her much at the museum. Yeah. Everybody kind of made her own paths, and I I wanted to go see Dustin and Allie. I pretty much have a minor in paleontology. I took an introduction to dinosaurs in university. <laughs> <laughs> but you said something about this, too. But, oh, ouch, neck. Anyways. How <laughs> uh, <laughs> that hurt. Um, so, dinosaurs. You were trying to tell me that there's something about people, th people don't think dinosaurs are real. I've seen some clips circulating around on different podcasts and different social media channels of people discussing whether dinosaurs are real or not, which I not I don't I will never question that because like there's literally the bones of them living in the earth, but <laughs> there's people out there <laughs> yeah, people out there thinking that ain't for real. For those that for those that uh, are wondering where we stand, uh, we're well, down with science. Yeah, <laughs> science. I think science is real, uh, <laughs> and that may you know trouble some folks, but I think. I think anybody that doesn't think dinosaurs are real has obviously, number one, never been to that museum. So, yeah. So, I wanted to mention that the Royal Tower Museum is like a paleontology museum in Drumheller, Alberta. It's like a world-renowned yeah. place. They found, like, some of the best like the best fossils in the world in that part of the, in that yeah. area of Alberta. And so for, a lot of places in Alberta. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of from all over. There's, they kind of, I think there's some stuff from the U.S. in there, too. Yeah, there is. Yeah. yeah so Some of them are, like, are cast or... I don't know what they. What yeah, they're well, they're, now, they're, they don't like hardly put any of the real fossils out. It's all cast. No, there's of tons it. of real fossils there. It's crazy. 
Oh. There's even one, some that you can touch. Like, it's oh, unbelievable. Man. I haven't been in so long. Oh, it was so cool. Yeah, so so we spent the time, and then and then Corb came up, too, and I ended up seeing him at the, uh, we went and met him at, he met us at Pearl and Hart, Dustin oh, and Alley's awesome. store. Nice. Yeah, so we got to hang out there with Dustin and Alley. I made some coffees for everybody on Alley's sweet coffee machine. Nice. Had some fun stuff, but we had a really good chat there, and then, but we, like, went to the museum, and um, to see that stuff was just mind-boggling. Cool, hey? and, yeah. and then the timing of the, like, how long they were around and the millions of years ago. I, I can yeah, understand dude. why people might not think they're real because, <laughs> unfortunately, us as humans... We're not that probably, old. We're not that old. Like, we're extremely young. Yeah. we've. If, I can't imagine what humans will be like in a million years yeah. or hundreds of millions of years. But the unfortunate part is I don't know if we'll even be around that long. <laughs> yeah. Because I think knows. we're... We're kind of like turned ourselves into ants on Earth, and there's too many of us creating too many, un- you know. Yes. I don't know. I don't know the whole thing about climate change and what all is going on. There's been six, I think five or six mass extinctions on the planet Earth already mm-hmm. in the existence of time. It's kind of mind-boggling to think about the timelines. Yeah, it's crazy. And That's we're still a pretty, I don't know. Do you we're still fa- and we're st- like we're still early like, in our existence. Yeah, we're still humans. figuring shit out. So yeah, and we've already done quite a lot. Yeah, we have. But like, it's what, what are we going to be like in a million years if we can stay around? I don't know, man. I wonder. It's be crazy as hell. Yeah, I wonder. One of, one of my fondest memories from the Royal Tower Museum, it's a funny memory. We went, when we were like, we did a little road. I think we're coming up to the Calgary Stampede. We left a few days early and we drove through Drum Heller and they used to have a place in, in uh, Drum called Reptile Gardens. Oh, or yeah. Reptile World or some shit. Oh, 100%. Yeah. Yeah. That it it, got, sh- it got shut down. Yeah. And like, for those who know me, and this is no secret that I'm fucking terrified of snakes, like, so scared of them. And they had an anaconda in there. Oh, boy. And my parents drugged me in that place, and I cried from the moment we walked through the door to the moment we walked out. And it was just a bad deal, and I was really scared. Because <laughs> so all I wanted to do was go to the museum, because I, like, I was, I think the first Jurassic Park came out when I was, like, two or something. But So I, like, I watched, like, a lot of the Jurassic Parks growing up, and I was obsessed with, like, T-Rexes and stuff. So, like, going to see that for the first time was fucking one of the coolest things ever. Oh, there, there's one called Black Beauty there that's, like, yeah, almost that's totally. Yeah, that's, like, the, the, but the best fossil or, like, most, like, complete fossil of a T-Rex ever found. Oh, really? And I think it was found in, like, the, the Drum like Valley. Area. Yeah, yeah. Totally unbelievable. Like So the, cool, man. The scale and the... Like the the size of those things and the like, <laughs> oh my god! And it, like to imagine that those, the dinosaurs used to roam the earth. Yeah, dude, that's so how many cool. millions of years ago? It's totally unbelievable. It's badass. Dinosaurs so, are cool. So, I'm not trying to make an ad here for the drum, <laughs> for the Royal Tyrell. <laughs> but check it out, like. If but I am making an ad for Barney's Adventure Park in Pearl and Hart. If you when you're on you your way to and there from, too. when you're on your way to and from Drumheller to the museum, go and check out our friend's business, the uh, the True Love Bachelor Story. Dustin and Allie. They basically are like spots. taking over Drum Heller. Like, Working Dustin's probably fixing it to run for mayor soon. Probably is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that's. Love to see it. That's kind of what we've been up to the last little while. But we have a fun show here this week. Thanks to uh, Ben Anderson for joining us. We had a really good chat with Ben a couple weeks ago. Um, yeah. But we'll, uh, yeah, we'll get back with a few, bit more after this. Enjoy the show, folks. I'd be spinning my wheels going nowhere fast. Pocket full of sorries and an empty glass I had no cattle and some tumbleweed boots I'd be blowing in the wind if I didn't have you I'd be a drunk without a drink to drink A guitar with a broken Without you I'd be a falling star without a midnight 
Okay, our next guest is a CFR and Wrangler National Finals qualifier in the saddle bronc riding, and he is part of the new wave of Canadian saddle bronc riders. Currently number 18 in the world standings from Eckville, Alberta. Welcome to the Cowboy Ship Podcast, Ben Anderson. Ben. Thanks, boys. How's it going, dude? Yeah, we've been trying to get this done yeah. for a while. It's good to have you get, get, make it happen. Yeah. Yeah, man. Where, where are you on the road to now? For those who, are, who are, can't see what we're doing, Ben's currently coming at us live in his cabin's truck. Yeah, heading down the road. Yeah, I just going to Houston for the semifinals tonight. Nice, nice. So you don't, do you know what horse you got there tonight? Or how have they yeah, I drink up to that. Zena Warrior again. Nice, nice. How how Under- much of an advantage is that for you Canadian guys? Like, seems to be a lot of the times you guys end up drawing it up against Canadian horses at these winter rodeos. Yeah, well, I mean, it's always sweet to draw into Calgary. I don't know if it's an advantage because they all fuck it. You know, it's just you got to make it happen. But uh, I guess in this pen, it kind of is an advantage, honestly, to be. They kind of have some funny set pens here sometimes. Usually the Calgary horses are the top end kind of. So it was a good draw, definitely, and I'm excited to get on there. Who who else is in your semifinal? What's the competition stacking up like? Oh, I know. I don't even. Statler's in there, and I, I didn't actually look at it, but let's see what I had. Logues is in there. Yeah, Logan Hay, and um, I didn't actually look at the list, but. And it's, it's pretty cool that they're that Houston's giving out those guitars for like super serious wins this year. Hey, there's actually some cool like celebrations <laughs> on their social media. Yeah, there is. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. Logs is good, and then uh, Cool Raiders is funny pretending to smash it, but those are a sweet deal. And honestly, more places should have cool gifts like that. It's kind of something you don't see a lot, right? <laughs> so it's uh, yeah, it's pretty neat. They did it last year too, and I um, I definitely want one of those before they give it up. Well, maybe tonight, tonight. Do you mark for the semifinal rounds too? No, they just just your series. Oh, okay, cool. I think. Yeah, yeah. It is cool to see like different different prizes given out. I know last year at the Kelowna PBR, they gave out like a surfboard to the champion there, which is really cool. Yeah, Juan Chuck got one one time, and then he yeah, yeah Corpus Christi he didn't claim it. Yeah, Corpus Christi he didn't claim it when he crossed the border, and then they uh, they get red flagged him and. Got him in some trouble, but oh, what? Didn't really? think he'd have to claim it. Yeah, he didn't really think he'd have to claim a surfboard like a trophy. You know what he is like? Yeah, it's illegal like, contraband, I guess. <laughs> they're brutal. <laughs> yeah. What do you need that up there? But yeah, they're pretty upset about it. Um, um, let's talk a bit about how the season's been going so far. Like I mentioned in the intro, number 18 in the world, kind of clipping along, got a couple wins under your belts already. What? How's the winter been? How's things shaping up for the summer run? Yeah, I feel really good, honestly. It's been a good little winter round aside from, yeah, I just got to put yeah, just some tough draws in the semifinals and stuff, but this one's looking good and um, riding good, feeling good. And I've been uh, reading a sports psychology book that I've been um, kind of dedicating myself to, and that's really been helping my metal game. So it's honestly shaping up really good, and I'm excited. Got a good, uh, my old saddle I built, got back in it, got it feeling good. So it's it's shaping up really good. What, what book are you reading? called greatness by david cook it's like okay. yeah he's like a golfer and he honestly got some really good tips on just how to like keep everything the same especially in golfing like keep your swing the same and no matter what shot you're in right like the diversities you find along the course so the same deal what you got which works for rodeo is like you're always getting on a different horse different place you know what i mean whether it's down at bar or wherever so try to keep it the same keep your routine the same and keep your mind the same to make it happen and that, we put you on that, that book though too How'd you get onto it? 
David uh, Sharp is my regular rep. Yeah, um, David. We know that guy. Yeah, and he just walked to the dressing room at Rapid there and handed it to me and then walked out like, like how's it going? <laughs> Did he say anything? So like, yeah, hardly said. He said, how's it going? I was like, good. He handed it to me and walked out. I was like, okay, let's start repeating that. The elusive Sharpie. Yeah. <laughs> so does that book give you like exercises to work through as you as you read it? I know I read Mind Gym back in the day and I, what I really liked about it was like each chapter had like exercises at the end of each trip for you to like act on like the advice that was given to you, which I found really useful rather than just like kind of reading it and like putting it away and moving on to the next thing. Yeah. And it, it doesn't do these things, but it's like, I guess it, in some sense he does like in one part, he tells you like to write, uh, like write out notes to yourself, like saying why you do this sport, like why you started it, regain your passion for it, stuff like that. So he does have exercise and like, SFT is the one I use where it's like see, feel, trust. So you like visualize your bronc ride, say, and then feel it while you're in the shoot. So I used it and trust that it's only going to work out. They use that for golf swings. And so just like uh, it kind of has exercise in it. I don't love Thread Mind Giving. I think that David Cook, like parts of his stuff are in that. Yeah, I think you're right. I remember I remember that the name rings a bell. It's been so long since I read it, but it was it was really awesome. I really enjoyed that book. Yeah. Um, so heading in, head, heading into tonight, then what are you, what are you, what are you visualizing heading into your matchup tonight in Houston? Yeah, this is the city of Bob. I don't know. It's like the same good spur. I'll do it. I'll like do, I used to have like problems where like I kind of visualize my ride, like my not, not visualize myself falling off. Hmm. And I'm like, what is like just negative? I'm like, what is that? So then I just brought it back to basics where I like, I just visualize my spur out. And then once you hit, that's all I realized. Then there you got it. Like if you got a good spur out, you're on your aim. The rest rolls, right? That's what I usually try to stick to. And is it is it similar to the bull riding in a sense where you could get end up like setting traps or kind of getting ahead of yourself? Where I know a lot of guys will get on a bull that usually goes to the left and they'll be like, I'll go on left and the that's the ninth, the tenth time that the bull goes right. Um, is you find there's some of that in the saddle rock riding, or is it kind of more like you said you have if you make you make your spur out in those first few jumps, you pretty much got it sealed. Yeah, you got there, but definitely like I like guys try to plan their spur out or whatever, right? Like reins, I guess you're trying to set a trap with your rein kind of, or you're going shorter or make the horse better. But I mean, it's not as bad as like right. You don't have a lot of the dive left, so not that you still pull your saddle square and get on your bronc. But definitely a spur out. It's like some guys will try to plan their spur out on like, okay, this horse has a scoot and then has a pop skip and then breaks. You want to hold the brake, but they go on the off skip or whatever, right? Like to try to bake the horse better or pull your feet. Like Jacob Crawley on, on Doker Boker kind of kickstart him. So I have a good spur, but then like halfway through it, punch him in the gut so he breaks. And that kind of like, it messed him up where he did it. And then he super did break, but then he couldn't get back. Right? He missed a couple jumps. So like there is kind of that, I guess. Right on. Um, well, part of part of one of the reasons we want to bring you on uh, right recently is um, the American was this past weekend, and you were there competing, and it was in a new venue in Globe Light Field. And I guess first things first, how is the the new American experience overall for you? Yeah, it was honestly really really neat experience, and I liked how they did. Like also was pretty cool, and then um, and then I qualified through there, and that was just a just kind of a neat deal it pay really good like they they brought it kind of this teton ridge brought it to a new ball game where it's like just set up way better and, and the rounds actually pay and 
I think they're going to do good things with it once the hype keeps going and and uh, people find out more about it. But it was kind of confusing at the start what they're trying to do, but it made sense in the end. But um, yeah, and then getting the globe life was was really neat. Honestly, it's like AT&T was cool because like you'd walk in there and it was just a big atmosphere, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, so it's such a big venue. But globe life is still it's more it's a baseball. Uh, what do you call it? I've been I guess for so yeah, it's more like uh personal, right? Like they're everybody's ready to bump mm-hmm. you. It's like it's kinda like uh similar to the Thomas map where it's like everybody's high above you instead of being just like out about in and out. And like, well that's what they had the NFR in twenty twenty, right? Was it Globe Life? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because like they probably would have had it set up fairly similar to that then. Yeah, a little bit different. They used the whole baseball diamond as the field and globe life. And okay. uh, here they just use, or in the NFR, sorry. And then this time they just like cut it off to where it's smaller and they built like like stages around it. So you could like, there's people seating and stuff. Oh, it's a little closer. Yeah, it brought people closer for sure. That's it's interesting. I like yeah. Hunter with that kind of stuff because like, I don't know, you get how much hockey you watch where they have like the Heritage Classics and the Winter Classics and stuff. And that's the one complaint that people have is it's up in the stands. Like, it's cool to be there, but you're so far away from the game, you can hardly see what's going on. Yeah, for sure. And that's what, like, that's what I think definitely the atmosphere in ATT, right? Where it's like, especially in hockey, though, it's like you got to be looking at the puck. You can't see that mm-hmm. little sucker. But yeah. <laughs> but, uh, in this, for sure, it's like it may seem my girlfriend said that where she was up in the top in ATT and it was cool, but yeah, it was a lot farther away and harder to see everything. So it's kind of neat to be. And then they got to be right down off the floor level in them, in them stages kind of death. So that was cool. They're, they're really good to us that way, like hospitality wise, giving us tickets. And so it was, it was really a good deal, honestly. And it's just exciting. I don't know, it was exciting and just a lot more, yeah, like intimate vibes. The vibe was just more excitement than I felt in ATT a little bit. I was also sick when I was there though. So <laughs> how many people this time? Was there like there'd be what almost 45, 50,000 people? I don't know what the attendance was like, but quite a few. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how what they hold. Probably you're probably close there, but uh they sold it out uh, the night of the actual bear. Nice. Uh I wanted I really wanted to ask about the the Stetson and Dawson ride off of the Saddlebrook ride. I'm- <laughs> there, yeah, I think, I think anybody watching would saw, would saw your reaction after after Stetson's ride. I just wanted, I just wanted to get hear your thoughts on the on the uh, on the ride and the ride off and how things panned out. Well, honestly, it was uh, it was like ranked. Like them boys both made a really good rock ride to the four round, and Stetson spurred X nine like honestly, kind of like no one has. So I, if they were gonna let Stetson win that, which I kind of thought Stetson was gonna beat Doss and that in the four round and then when they tied I mean they're both awesome rock rides so I mean it was mm-hmm. you know it's close for sure and then uh they tied and it went to a short it went to the ride off and then they run in to well like Amazon Hills like I don't know why they picked those two horses they picked but whatever but <laughs> Amazon went out there and, and was pretty good and Doss made a good ride on her and like I just thought hands down that wins like Zeke said right there and like no bias that's we like that. We like the right. Like that. There's no bias. Setson's horse just sucked. Like it mm-hmm. was nothing to do with him. And uh, and that Zeke said right there, he's like, you just won a million dollars, Dawson. Like he was like, I thought it was hands down. And then he was eighty nine, and I was like, are you serious? Like we can't. I don't know. It's just frustrating that 
it goes that way sometimes. But I mean, it's rodeo, right? You can't get too mm-hmm, up mm-hmm. about it. Well, especially with the money on the line, though, it's not every day you get tried for a million bucks. Oh, exactly, right? Like, and this, yeah, this, it, it was no, not the first, though. I just thought the horse was way less Dawson's horse. They both made a very similar ride. So it's hard. hard to judge, though, right? Like, you're watching yeah. so many guys go head to head. Them judges, I definitely do give them respect, but they got to, they got to figure that out. Then they take away for it, but. So there's 40,300 seats at Globe Life. Probably didn't have every single one of them filled or even might not have even all been available, but but uh, there's, did, did you guys even know there was, the write-off was in the ground rules? Like, was that even in the ground rules or do they kind of make it up as they go like they used to? Like, that was kind of, some of this American stuff is kind of made up as they go. Like when Wade Sundell won a million dollars because he won like three times in a row. Nobody really yeah. knew that even a thing. <laughs> you know, yeah. t- what, what what did you know? Because, like, technically if Dawson kind of, like, tied to win the event, he probably should have won the money on the tie on in the first place rather than even having a ride well, on the TV, right? Or what? Well, that's what, like, the rumor, and I don't know. I didn't look into any of the rules. But that's the rumor was that, like, tie goes to contender in, like, the first round forever. <laughs> and then... And then, so anyways, and then I thought, I honestly thought it would go to, uh, go to like whoever won the round before, like the 10 round, the higher score in the 10 round. Or the rider score or something. Like there's a lot of rides to break a tie. Yeah. Yeah. Like something like that. But then, yeah, then it was, it did seem kind of made up a little bit because (laughs) everybody's going, what goes on now? What goes on now? What goes on now? And then one of the judges is like, it's a ride off. We're like, okay. (laughs) Sure. Like, so. And then, but to them, for them to run into Amazon, and I don't know, it just, that's why, like, in the event of you were planning on having a ride-off, you would think, or planning for one, you would think you'd have two horses set, right? But mm-hmm. then no one knew what they are going to be. And, like, he's like, well, Wild Cherry's the re-ride, so, oh, she's bound to be in there, right? Whatever that, whatever that thing was called that sets it on, it's like, how did you guys come up with this? Like, so... I don't, I don't really know. Yeah, definitely didn't seem planned for, really. Huh. Well, because even Calgary, like, they have, like, scenarios and scenarios on top of scenarios. I've seen these sheets before where where there's, you know, these are the second write-off bulls, these are the third write-off bulls. Like, they have it all planned out, and they, they know what these stocks going to be. Like, you guys have seen that the last few years where, uh, I forget what goes on, but if they buck off all three, then they have three more bulls, and if they buck off those, then it's over. Or, like, they have all this stuff set, so yeah, they're yeah. had a winner. Where I'm, I'm, I'm it, I don't know if this is the case but, over there. Yeah. When it, right. Like, and it flows and it's all like, yeah, it just makes sense. But like, I don't know. They did. They, it will, in that sense, like, it was a really good deal. Unless, like, I don't know. Not, but they do have to, like, they had the meetings before and they didn't, like, specify a lot of rules that, like, is kind of common knowledge. And usually we got all the go. But, like, the whole, so Jacob Brandon got a redride, the bareback ride. And he's like, wow, he was like, there was like three horses just left the box. So like, off, off going to Saddlebrock ride. So he's standing there without his rig and or nothing. Like, well, I'm just going to go to Saddlebrock ride. And I'm like, well, I have to make that decision. But okay, whatever. And so the last horse box, they come to him. They're like, what are you doing? I'm like, where's your stop? It's like, you guys, granted on Jacob's side, play devil's advocate, you should have been ready. But they never told anybody that. You have to get on to re ride in your event. Like, 
do, right? So it's just kind of like, there's a lot of stuff like that where it just like, no one knew anything. And then just, you were in trouble for it, kind of. <laughs> so did they wait and get him on his rewrite, or what happened? I don't, I don't know what happened. Oh, yeah, they did. Yeah, oh, yeah, they sat there. They just sat there, and, like, he um, is the frontier guy, and he kind of does the shoot boss a little bit. He was just furious. It's like, yeah, Jacob was kind of the wrong idiot, but, I mean, but, like, it's, uh, like I said, no one told him, and it's like, yeah, he got his stuff on. I mean, he did good. He got his stuff on as fast as he could, run his hat, and then he got smashed, and then uh, they rolled the horse. He did good, honestly. He cowboyed up, and he, he did really good but it was just like i don't know big in that way it's just they got to figure some production stuff out but well, wouldn't that wouldn't that decision fall on the arena director though i know like in calgary that's the arena director makes that call whether they're going to take it into the saddle riding or or during the same event like okay i mean you, yeah i don't know i don't know what the why why nobody would have like thought of it that way it's like cause you can't really get pissed you only get pissed at him so far for not being ready but nobody like you say nobody told them to yeah, they didn't tell shit together. Yeah, like, what do you expect? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, where's the exactly? Like, where's your shoot boss coming down the line? Mm-hmm. Be like, hey, Jacob, you got three and uh, your rewrites now. Be ready, exactly. So that's why it's not like the guy seriously thought he was in this going to be in the rock ride. It was not going to be a big deal. So it's like you're right there, where there should be a director. But it's like it definitely wasn't eat, but he was kind of just taken on the role. So like, and no one. No one would really tell you when to pull. And then <laughs> then one of the back judges was just like, well, there's this many left, so I'd pull. And like, so it's, it was just kind of one of the deals. Where, I mean, but they'll they'll get it figured out. That's the, they're, um, what do you call, like the CEO or the president or whatever. The guy's a beauty. And he like, he was like real adamant on being like, guys, you have to come to us and tell us these things and to make this production better. We're trying to put off best production, but we need your help. Like, we need feedback on it. So, it's really good that way. I think that's what they, they do need a lot more feedback, making it a little more smoothly run. Well, probably some uh, a little bit of continuity with some of the staffing might be helpful, too. I, I think things have changed over a couple times. I know uh, our friend Keenan Vine was there, and then after he wasn't anymore. But, you know, maybe maybe some of the continuity with some of that stuff and having the same people there year over year would be pretty helpful because it's been... Like they've been doing this event since 2000. I think 14 was the first one, so they got 10 years worth. There should be a little bit of yeah. book on, you know, how to fucking do this thing. I'm sorry, but like, <laughs> you'd think that after 10 years, you'd have a bit of a, more of a plan. No, there's like, new ownership, but geez. Yeah, and you're right. Like on the sense, of like that is what makes a production, in some sense, I guess, till it prolongs too much. But that what makes production good is having a team that's dedicated year after year that are passionate about it that you know what I mean that are there and they're like they have some value into it they feel like they have a job to do right where it's like then you bring a new guy in every year and it's like kind of falls apart like what you're saying like you got to stay loyal to your guys that do it for sure and that's where like you see Calgary does so good or you know what I mean like these guys that put these on Houston he just runs around like dead's got off but he, he's committed he's passionate about it you know what I mean? You guys are but be better. So it's, it's a good deal. Like you do, you're right on that. You need your guys. And they've ha- they have a format in Houston. Like if, if you're if you're sitting there before the finals or whatever's going on, you can watch perf. And you, I I did it before where I put a a timer on my phone, and as soon as that one event was over, I put a timer on, 
and it was two minutes before the next event started. Like it was actually like a commercial break on TV. It was almost exactly two minutes between events. So some of those places, like if they have their format and they know what they're going to do and they don't know if they, or if they do know that they're going to have a ride off and they plan for those scenarios, then, then they can have that shit sorted out and have the, you know, have the tiebreakers and the ground rules. But I just, I quickly looked, quickly looked up ground rules and did not find anything about American rodeo ground rules. I don't know if they would even exist or, you know, if anybody has published those or any, by any means anyways, but, um, anyways, uh, we got to go back to, to, so this year, uh, Dawson had a chance to win a million, but it got split by, uh, by, uh, Ty Harris and Jackie Crawford, right? So they both won one and a half million plus their, so they won 600,000. So if Dawson would have, would have won, or if they would have given it to one of the tiebreaker, he would have won, they would have won 433,000 a person, right? Yeah. Which yeah, has been his biggest day yeah. ever. Easily. That would have been for sure. Yeah. In what, in what, or sitting for sure. But so Dawson doesn't win it last year, and you you have a chance to win two million last year. Kaiki Pacheco ends up taking it all, but you could have split that million with him last year. You could have split no, the two million uh, with him, right? No, he um. Oh, you mean the the bull rider, the American? Yeah, the bull rider last year. He won yeah, two yeah, million bucks. Yeah. You you had a chance to split a, it with him. Yeah, that would have been a million. That wouldn't have been bad paid either. <laughs> Talk about what was going through your head on that ride, though, Ben. Like that's. And I was looking back, and I don't want to bring up like old wounds and stuff, but I mean that's yeah. pretty. That's that's the biggest moment in your career so far. I'm gonna I'm gonna venture a guess out there. Yeah, for sure. And it was uh, I was like I said I was sick, so I was honestly battling that. Just I wasn't having the funnest day of my life, but uh, it was right to be there. And and that and I I like my draw a lot. This my head space. I think it was the same as the NFR, honestly, and that's why this book's really helped me. And I'm, I'm excited for this year in particular because I've been really using that. But like my headspace was shot. It was just like I was sick. I just ran into a lot of diversity, like like David talks about, where it's like I was sick. It was for two million dollars. I got a horse I've never been on before that lays down shoot, and it's just like it kind of just shot me to where like, and I noticed when I am like in that headspace, I nod, and then it's like holy shit, I just nodded. And then <laughs> you're already, you're already behind. You know? like, it's just like, you got to play, your mind's going to catch up. Like, I don't know why. So it was like that for me. Like I just, Kays is with me and he's trying to pump me up and I just had no, no like motive, like not motivation, but no excitement in me. Like I was just dead and I was just like, not even nervous or nothing. Like it was just like dead feeling like, yeah, like it just got on, like it was at the practice bench, but not even like felt. Yeah, I don't know. It was weird. For two million bucks at practice bench. Yeah, <laughs> but it was like not even excited, which is weird. And so that's where I like, and the same with the NFR for me. Out that one was more like definitely nervous, but same deal in the sense of, like I got in the shoot just by blank, and like that's what I've been really working on, and that's that's where your success lies, right? Is right the moment you're leaving there whether you're ready to rock and roll or you're not right so it was kind of a weird it was a weird moment for me but i did uh i did i still tried i had to get spur out on her and i mean i don't know rolling but she fucked off she just won fair and square old feather fluffer what were your thoughts afterwards like how long did it take you to realize like holy shit i you know had a chance here and i you know what would you what would you have done differently uh kind of give us a breakdown that way yeah, differently, I definitely would have, uh, well, I really would have liked to read this book back then, but like differently, I guess I would have, uh, 
tried to just, I don't know, like get my mind on my rein, like just in the, in the game somehow, right? Or like, like I said, like visualize my spur out and just visualize my rein and just like tried to do that or instead of like, I was just blank the whole time, just got on it. That's how that's key. Like your rein, leave it there. You're in the whole time, of course, but if you're on your rein, leave it there. You're usually on your rein the whole time. And that's, it's like, it's, that sets up your ride. Like it's the most pivotal point of rock riding. Every time you're in a slump and you're like, oh, I just don't know what to do, right? I just, I'm having hell. You usually can just go back to your rein and your slump goes away. Like you're not lifting half the time. So, so yeah. So we were talking about the, uh, controlling your rein and getting in a slump yeah. and, yeah, so back to what well, back to your question though with uh, my hopes after falling off other flopper is like there was a lot of I don't know, it definitely, you know, a mix of emotions, those angry, sad, you know, whatever. But uh to where I did I honestly it took me a while to work through that one and not look back at it be like look back at it be like, Hey, I got drafted for two million and get on a cool horse and it didn't work rather than be like bad that it didn't work out and so that's that's where i'm at now i was like yeah it was a romantic experience and uh definitely a learning moment for me and so that's all it was you're uh you're going back to the american obviously and going to ride for, for these big purses uh the the guys that do end up winning those big checks and you know if you're to go back and win that like those things could be a game changer for a guy's career hey career yeah for sure like uh yeah you kind of get a big win like that then you start people start watching yeah and the judges start watching yeah and you you kind of get on an eater right where you're just rolling with the safety off and that's uh definitely there's the pivotal moments for sure like for Zeke's almost it was like when he and I don't know you know when he's Killer beat for the first time, and she had a wild western trip, and that was back when he was a rookie. I'm pretty sure, or a year after, maybe. But 2014 yeah, or 15, yeah. Tucson. He was like 90 points, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and like that was a pivotal moment for his career. Where he was like, after that, there was people watching, him, right? Like this kid can drive, like type of deal. So definitely, there is those moments, big wins like that, or just bigger prop rides in general, definitely help you uh, get there, right? What would that be for you so far? Would that be like, uh, like I don't know what the scores were and stuff, but I'm looking at some of your wins in 21, uh, Prineville, Oregon, uh, Pawhusko, Oklahoma, Hermiston, uh, maybe Regina, but might not have been as many eyes on on a guy there. Nampa, Nampa would be a big one. Uh, are you still waiting? For yeah, happen. Yeah, are you, are you still waiting? Yeah, I wonder. Well, well, there's definitely, yeah, like there's definitely, um, I am, um, I need to put some big rides, you know, like at the end of part and stuff like that. That'll That'll definitely be another turning point. But I think a pivotal one for me that's that has happened was get smart 19 at CFR. And then uh, right after that, 2020, I got on uh, Trump card. That was 91 in Denver. And those are two in my younger stages. There's two pivotal ones that like after that were talked about. People started watching me after, you know, judges included, like people were coming up and say good ride that we're at the rodeo so you know that's where it's kind of kind of been so far well and you and we talked to uh cole ashbacker before the cfr and he mentioned how it took some time for like like you say judges to take notice and stuff and do you think that learning or that curve is steeper for some folks or do you think it maybe 
if you can get one of those like bigger eyes early on, you're going to start getting marked by those judges earlier. But you, or does everybody kind of have the same kind of like curve like when it comes to getting those big scores and like getting score what they deserve? Yeah, no, you're right. Whether it well score you deserve, that's kind of the that's kind of the right. Like you got to. I don't know. It's hard because like every Bronc ride should be made scored the same in a sense, no matter who you are. Right. But, uh, there definitely is a def a bigger curve for guys. Like I thought I won't use names, but there's a Bronc rider right now going that rides outstanding, but never gets scored. Right. Like, and it's definitely not fair. And I don't understand why it happens, but maybe he's not as flashy or whatever, but he's, He's 30 rank. And so that's like me and, me and my buddy Raj talked about this the other day. Like Clay Elliott rode so good, dirty, meat feet, right? Like he had, a, he had an old school style that I would like to see his uh, kind of turning point, right? Because like he had a rank old school style, but some just might a lot like that. Like some just like flashy upper bodies and getting back. And was Clay didn't do. Yeah, he was short range that or or like so there's definitely i think you you kind of find the guys that like your style and and like the things even though it's it shouldn't be that way but i do think it has that niche to it well do you think that that height plays a factor in too because clay like the taller guy and like nicole ashbacker is a taller guy even like looking at the bull riding like jared parsonage like there's a lot of times he'll make a a 90 point bull rider 89 point bull ride look like look like an 86 just because he's so big and makes it look so easy like how like is there a fact is that a, becoming a factor for some of those guys kind of maybe yeah like i don't definitely could be right whether just well especially clay right like he like like samuel jared like he never his chin would that ne- like his chin would go sometimes i guess when his feet hung but it like he's pretty correct and just up over him and big tall guy like you're saying like so definitely could have played a factor in and them guys just not picking up on him at the start as fast. That's so like Quentin Taylor, I think, is another guy, kind of an old the the kid's absolute beauty. And he's like, I don't know, but kind of an old old Bronc Rider type guy. Like the kid was born a hundred years too late. You know, like <laughs> yeah. and so it's like for him, I wonder like they are starting to get eyes on him and stuff, but like I wonder if like the flash of you know, like the social medias and all this now today play a factor, right? Where it's like, he's not that person. He's like, he's old cowboy doesn't say anything and it's shy and would ride drank and just in an old style. So it's like, uh, he is growing, but I would like to see so far I've been seeing that he, they're, they're kind of making a work for a little bit. I think where a kid comes in like, like rocker or something where it's like, got the flash, got, and no, like rock rides rank all the talent in the world too and but got the flash and got the this sponsors already and got the whole freaking piece put together right he's got <clears throat> got the world champion pedigree too and maybe a few uh you know some stuff set up for him a little bit already he's in good shape yeah exactly and he's pushing right where you got to push into it real fast and just take off and that's just ink it's a definitely a Good way to go, but it's just you de- definitely see that for sure. Who's the dog? Oh, Mr. Smudge. Mr. Smudge. <laughs> well, the show is Smudge. Smudge. 
That's the smudge. You got to hold him up again. Show us the rodeo yeah, dog. Yeah. yeah, the rodeo dog. He's been coming down the trail. You can say you call him Smudge? Smudge. Well, Macy wanted to name him Smudge, and I want to name him Goose to his real name, Smudgy Goose. Good <laughs> 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 to get in there. <laughs> All right. On. Where's he, where's he at during the rodeos? Like, can he come to Houston or has he got to hang on the truck? What's he got to do? He usually ends up the truck, but yeah, we brought him in. Like, when he, we bought him in Houston last year, and he's a pup, so Macy snuck him in to the rodeo in her jacket. But yeah, he sometimes comes in when he can. Oh, that's fine. That's fun. Your dogs. Ted's got, Ted's got a couple wieners himself. Yeah, we got some rodeo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They'll actually be hearing it by, by surprise right now. Uh, we were talking about uh, a few different things. Wait, so did you have somewhere you wanted to go? Well, yeah, I, was, I, I kind of wanted to ask you, like, what have you done in the past couple, couple of years to kind of, like, help yourself stand out and, like, attract the sponsors and stuff? I know, like, we were kind of touching on that point, how, like, Hugh's kind of a old-school reserve guy. And, I mean... No matter how which way you spin it now in this day and age, even we heard it from David ourselves when we interviewed him with the CFR, just like they're they're looking for people on the sponsor side of things, looking for people who are doing stuff not only in the arena but outside the arena. So what what kind of have you worked into your into your into what you do to kind of help attract more of that stuff and, and help yourself stand out? Well, I honestly didn't like I was kind of the same way where I just did and still am where I don't really like I don't try to get sponsors in a sense like I don't got a manager. I don't like, you know what I mean? I'm not Bradshaw looking for them, but they mm-hmm. come to me. Definitely. Right. And that's where it's like, so I think for me, it was just like my interviews. I noticed that like doing interviews kind of took to, I can, I, I talk pretty good. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, uh, kind of took off there where like people notice that way. And like, and then I think it's like style in a sense, like, honestly, a big thing is, well, being humble and like a lot of people like that, but, um, that's that is kind of the what you need to be in this sport i think but a big thing too i think which is a weird thing to factor in but is like how you dress like people like if you're dressed i like i'm dressed nice but you know what i mean like come to the rodeo dress search jeans whatever looking good that kind of attracts sponsors in a sense like hey that guy looks good people look at him he's flashy looking you know what i mean like we're gonna get sponsorship out of it people will see my stuff and so I think that a lot of things factor into that, but definitely being, um, what's the word? Um, outgoing definitely helps. I think. And I think, I think being like being willing to, to show some emotion though, too, is becoming more of a thing that you see with guys like rocker and, and they you know, like just the kind of like the fine line of being humble, but even like, so like, even if you make a good ride and celebrating, like it's nothing wrong. With yeah. That, I guess like it's good. It adds all shows people kind of you're human. Right. If you, it's kind of like there's a lot of like gruff around uh, Scotty Scheffler in golf right now because he just like he's so automatic like he's super humble and he just like he's automatic and so good but doesn't really show any like raw emotion too much and it's it, it's kind of a good point like it just kind of makes it like meh rather I'd rather see someone like throw their hat across the fucking arena and and be fired up when they make a sweet ride or whatever right yeah oh exactly like give it a little well, this helps the crowd right like get into it that's what it is supposed to be in the in the end it is supposed to be a show like. Right, so fuck. I agree. <laughs> you know the big, the pig Sally's like the throwing the hat and stuff. Sometimes gets a little carried away, but I mean the good. I like to see honestly some more football Sally's in it, like someone freaking, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like do something cool, like the old bowling fucking rule or something. The boys, <laughs> you gotta you could roll down your, your hat. Yeah, Gronk's yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't rock your hat though; it's too expensive. You need a hat sponsor to be able to do that. <laughs> 
Uh, but yeah. the rock spike, like we, he, he just like yeah. takes the football. He get a touchdown. He just fucking throws the football down as hard as he can on the on the end in the end. Yeah, yeah. would do that to how so funny. That would that would look like you were you were mad almost. Like. <laughs> yeah. I don't mind the bowling yeah. idea though. You could bowl That's down, funny. bowl down uh, one of your cousins though. Like you could just yeah. huck your hat. That kind of. You try to do it with like there's a cool clown there like like Matt Marriott or like whoever Brinson like, or somebody yeah you know, Brinson or somebody and just like hey if I'm if I'm like ninety like we're gonna sell it we're gonna, I'm gonna bully yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 totally. they almost got a ton of video guys and everything really dial it in oh yeah yeah be fun. just don't like do that it idea. far you'll probably get fined yeah you might you might get fined. there you go they're pretty good I wonder if Rock I know Rock got fined but I don't know if he got one for a Shelly I wonder. Have to create yeah. some of that kind of stuff. That's that shit's marketable, man. I like it. Yeah, taking notes on that one. Did you, when when you were at the NFR in uh, twenty one, did you get any crazy fines? Uh no, I didn't get any. I should have got a fine around ten because I didn't have my back number on, and but uh, the judge even saw it and he's like, ah, it's all right or whatever. And I don't know why I never did. But that's like a big fine too. Dang, but I never did get one. What was the craziest one you heard of that year you were there? Um, well, there was a lot on the, like every night you go look at the sheet and there's a bunch on there, but, um, like usually the common ones are taking too long or whatever, but I think there was a cussing one a couple times. I don't know. There's all kinds of fines that are pretty dumb. Want to say like the cussing, it's like, how is that? I mean, I get it, but we're not mic'd up or nothing. You know what I mean? It's not Houston, mm-hmm. like yeah. cares. Yeah. But what do you think of the mic, the mic'd up port parts in Houston? What do you think of that? Of that? I think it's dangerous in some sense, but I think it is, um, I think it's fun. Like in the shoot the other day, I, I was just, I kind of talk a lot when I'm getting on to whatever lobes of the horse or whatever. So I got picked that up and I thought that was pretty funny. And, uh, I kind of like it honestly, but you definitely like got to watch what you're saying behind there when you're standing there. Like me and lobes, um, we stand in there and Cole, uh, Frank's getting on. And I was like, it's really raw or in the barrack. And I'm like, I got pissed, kind of. <laughs> and he's like, well, just go under the grandstand. And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, everybody's pissing back there. He's like, just don't, like, them guys that work the shoot. He's like, it smells like piss back there. It's terrible, but just, just go under there. And I'm like, oh, that's fine. And then he's like, we come and look over, and the mic's right beside us. They're like, oh, man, that's fine. <laughs> Hopefully, they were selective on that part. Yeah, I don't think it's picked any of it up, but I think it'd be funny if you, like, had a plan bit with somebody like you had a joke that you told somebody like while you're getting off while you're getting on, on yeah. this horse and you're like hey did you hear the one about this guy and just tell a joke while you're in the shoot about to get on a brown oh, but it's great <laughs> did you know diarrhea di- di- is hereditary <laughs> so it runs, yeah it runs blindly because it runs your genes oh uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> terrible oh man that, so, there, like, there's probably like, there's oh, probably some energy of that isn't it oh fuck it'd be funny no, you can't. You can't do it at the pick 'em, man. You got to do it in the shoots way. So oh, the mic, oh, they got the shoots oh, mic'd up. Oh, right, yeah. the shoots. My that was a, the individual. Oh, okay, I got you. But you or you uh, could. Shoots, well, you could do one with the horse where you're like, oh, why the long face? Or just do something <laughs> yeah. like that. That would be funny. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> I probably catch a lot of people <laughs> off guard if you had a couple of those in the chamber. Just an absolute jam. Oh man, but that, but how much like would that throw you off though? Like, will will that throw you off now thinking about that tonight while you're in the shoe? Like, oh, I should have had something. <laughs> that, like, I don't want to, I don't want to mess you up when you go into the semi, semis in Houston. Yeah, well, it depends. It depends what kind of mindset you're in. If you're confident, 
rolling out of there, nothing can buck you off. Well, and you're probably fine, but if you're lacking confidence, it could be a game changer. <laughs> <laughs> um, I okay, I just noticed your Yellowstone shirt. What's the story with with the Yellowstone shirt? Did you did you buy that? Was it a Christmas gift? Is it a sponsor? It's a top fan. <laughs> What's the deal? Oh, yeah, just just Wrangler sends the old kinds of stuff. So oh, I see. I got a Yellowstone shirt out of it. Thanks. Are you a fan of Yellowstone? Do you watch the show? Yeah, I watch. Well, I watch up to season three, and then are kind of clear. it gets it gets a little carried away. It was carried away in the beginning, kind of, and then and now it's just getting kind of crazy. You can almost be like Jimmy's Bronco and stunt double, though. You guys are kind of built the same, eh? <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, I guess uh, bareback ride. That's what Jimmy did with bareback ride. Yeah, I feel like that's a bit of a shot too. Jimmy's not the best looking. No, guy. come on, no, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, oh, Jimmy. Speaking of bareback riding, I think that was the question you had, Wacy. We had to guess and get a segue. Yeah, yeah, we gotta yeah. ask. We gotta ask Ben about his bareback riding adventures, didn't you? Wasn't it like Virgil or something ridiculous? Should he get on the bareback riding? Makeup face, yeah. Makeup face. That's still then. Still then a far limiter. Yeah, I was uh, not planning on getting an honor when I drew, and then I was like, I don't know, you can't be a freaking, can't be a coward if you're a cowboy. So I thought I would. I'll get honored. That was. Uh, I'm not quite done with it, I don't think. Every time I watch a really good bareback ride, I'm like, I got to make one really cool bareback ride. So I think I'm going to get on a few again and see how it goes. I might go to the practice band a little more, though, than just enter it so good. Get on makeup face. Unless I draw, I was hoping to draw a Sesame Street there, and then I could have brought, I think I could screw that one, but makeup face was going to be a tough one. Tough draw. How much, how much different is it? Like having been a Bronx, like having, you know, being an elite bronc rider, how much different is the bareback riding? I, I I've been on buck machines bareback riding before, and you know a guy. I remember having to keep like I the smash my elbow, bad. yeah, keep the elbow tucked down really. Like, yeah. I don't really want to stay under your under your hand. I think is part of it. I, I forget now, but like it's not yeah. as easy as you just go jump in because if your arm gets straight, you're gonna get taken to to uh, you're gonna get smashed. So yeah, <laughs> and that's what. Um, I don't know. It's definitely, it's totally different in a sense, like what you're doing. Right. But in the sense of like the equipment and, and uh, like you said, like you're, you know, your spur motion all that clearly, but um, in the sense of like, it's very, very similar in like, you got to lift under your rig and like you said, get under your rig. And so, I don't know, in the sense, like you're, what you're doing and kind of your mindset, it's similar, but it definitely feels a lot different. It feels pretty whack, honestly. <laughs> you probably feel I, like I, you're, Swimming out of water, you're out of water too without a saddle, right? Because your saddle kind of, you got a few more anchor. Yeah, water. You really got to be out of your core and your hips really perfect in the bareback, eh? Yeah, and it just feels like, like, like yeah, you're just out there so free and it just feels very strange. And all you're tied in is your hand. It's like nothing else helping you. So it's kind of, I don't know. You have that trust, but I found with it actually. What I was having a hard time doing is trusting my arm was going to be all right. You know, like, just be like, because <laughs> you got a brace, you're taped up. But it's just like, if you got strung out, then I was just scared that my arm was just not going to feel good at it. But it actually felt fine. Like, my arm never really got sore. Like, the braces they use are so good. It's you tape up so good. I Clint told me how to tape up good. Yeah. I was never sore after this. But to trust your arm, like, it feels like it's going to hurt, but it doesn't actually. I don't, had, I don't had you done it before? Like, did you do in high school rodeo? Like, where did this come from? Oh, I did a school that last, yeah, last April with Clint. And I was like, I, I want to get on. 
like that's you know one at school there so i got clint stop he had it there to show the kids or whatever so i just got on one and then uh from there i was like yeah i'll interview you and go tell me and hooked up and i don't know why i just i seen some rank barrack rides in my career so far and i'm like i, I want to try that this one guy at least so weren't you teaching a school with Clint? Then you just like then you're all of a sudden a student as in the bareback riding at the same school you're teaching. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was a bareback ride teacher, but the the bareback ride student. Just a good best of both worlds, you know. You gotta to make the best school. You gotta know what the other side looks like. That's true. That's <laughs> a good way to put it. Um, the uh, oh man, I got a lot of questions I could get to. Wacy, what are you what are you thinking? Oh no, okay, you go, you go which ahead. Hand, which hand are you tying in the bareback riding? I forget. I forget now. You're you're holding your hand with the right hand, but are you putting your right hand in the rigging too or left? I don't know what. what yeah, yeah, same one. No, I put my right hand in there. So yeah, same one, same right okay. hand. Well, and is well, the one with the with the new all around rules? Is there more incentive for you to enter some bareback riding this this summer in Canada? Yeah. In Canada, maybe. So the all around in Canada, I see. I heard a rumor, but I didn't know if that was real or not. What was yeah. real last year, was it not? I thought it changed. Yeah, Curtis year. Cassidy won the all around last year. Oh, really? See, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, they changed it. I, now it's yeah. Now the uh, like the Kenny McLean Award is the former Canadian all around. It cha- it kind of flip flopped. Now mm-hmm. the Canadian all around champion mirrors the U.S. way. Just two. It's it's essentially the high. Yeah, so it's what we used to have, right? Yeah. Yeah, you can do it on the same side. Yeah, well, that's 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 game changer. I might have to get in there. Go 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 on uh, Ed's website and look for the barback ride that's supposed to hit the spring. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> start entering up. I just going to go home. Uh, Frank Wisikowski's got a couple ranked little barback horses that I got. I actually got on one. He wants me to get on them, and uh, so I think I'm gonna go home and get off them and then go from there. They're pretty nice. Damn, that's it. You're braver than I am, man. I, when I was rodeoing, I want nothing to do with those barback horses, man. They're fucking scary. Oh, see, I never did either. <laughs> just trying to wet so eh? you know funny yeah. funny we're on this bareback riding thing because there was there was a couple years in in like i want to say 2003 four somewhere in there where like tanner gerlitz got on a bunch of bareback horses and like i think he did pretty good like i think he made the national high school finals in the bareback i'd have to ask him or look back but tanner like got his pro card the next year and won his first like eight rodeos and whatnot and went on to be a canadian champion but but he actually like entered the bareback riding in the high school ranks and made it a pretty long ways like that was a that was a thing he did and did well at. I could see Tanner being a good barrack ride, actually. Yeah. Pretty stout. Yeah. I never did that though. That's cool. Yeah, kind of neat. Um, sorry, Wade. Should enter. Should enter Coke gun. Could have right. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Fifty-five thousand added, July first. That's that amazing. Yeah. How much do you think that that would hurt? Like, do you think it would hurt you? Think it'd be an opportunity? There's not as many barrack riders around at this point, right? Like, would it be? Or do you not want to get on that many horses that time of year? Are you afraid of getting hurt a bit more? Like, what are you what are you thinking? What goes into it? Oh, I don't know. I definitely I'll fucking enter for Coke, honestly. But uh, it's uh, I wouldn't get on as many as like I would. You know, I would film on a hundred rodeo. No way, I rodeo that hard. <laughs> like, if you're trying to make you know, already got to go through a little bit of sense. But like, them guys pick and choose, right? Not really afraid to turn out and pick and choose their way through it a little bit. That's, you definitely could get hurt a lot pretty easy. Yeah, I don't know. I definitely would get on like Max if I was trying to make enough pressure. I say Max, but we bet to draw the bubbler up and out. Like I would want to get on horse sixty here, probably. Huh. Well, you could go the Jake Boulder road and go to like thirty-seven or something too. Yeah, exactly. Just crush everything within a bar. 
get that's really good. <laughs> uh, yeah. well, even in Canada, though, like there's like there you have a pretty good. If you like crack out of you and do well at some of the bigger ones, you have a pretty good shot to make the the CFR in both events. Like really, oh, for, for sure, yeah, that's high. God does good. Yeah. Does does seeing like any of the bigger wrecks of the bareback riding like scare you off? Like when like when Danny got hung up to Virgil last year, like like that, like. No, uh, and I don't know. Honestly, no, really, I was, I kind of wanted to get off Virgil myself, so I'm like, well, Danny, like, I don't know why, I mean, I get guys at CFR, like, want to ride, like, I get why he got on Virgil that day, but it's the same sense, his shoulder was coming out every ride, like, you don't think your shoulder's going to come out on <laughs> fucking like, Virgil? <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, it wasn't, the, honestly, the most smartest play. Cowboy play. The guy is no fucking doubt a cowboy, but like, <laughs> I was like, fuck, that's not the best, best route. Sorry, Ted, I cut you off there. No, you're fine. I, I just, my, my only other stuff I kind of really want to get to is the, the family side of it. And, uh, and, uh, and your, your dad went to the Canadian finals. I think he, well, I was reading up, he went to the final four at Calgary four times too. Is that right, Ben? Yeah. Yeah. He went, yeah, five, four times. They got on Cloud Gray one time there, and, um, which is like, I think the year before they went on her or whatever. And she stumbled, and then back then, like, went down to her stomach. But back then, you didn't get a rewrite for that. No, it went down to her knees. But back then, you didn't get a rewrite for that unless it went to her stomach. And so I think he was second or something that day. And then, uh, yeah, he went, he went to the four-round, and then he went to CFR. Oh, I don't It was... Quite a few times, fourteen or something. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, your old golf's good for sure. He was sixteenth, I think, twice too to make that far. How big? How big of an influence has he had on you then? Like, how how much has it helped your career having a dad who's probably like that road Bronx and road Bronx at a high level? Yeah, definitely. You know, that's why the only I started riding Bronx honestly is because of dad. Like, I was raised motocross playing hockey and then uh my mom moved to Edmonton and I was like I was like well I just didn't really like the city she wasn't for me so I moved back to my dad thinking I was just gonna race motor cross or play play maybe triple a or something still but not Edmonton and then then I got on my first year with Dawson there at, at the bullet ranch and then I was like oh so I think he was pretty excited that I was gonna get off steers it's kind of something that come out of the blue you know so he got pretty excited about that and he uh took, he took me everywhere to ride, and I did I didn't go with dad the same as Rod. He took the boys like dad took me everywhere. He did the novice everywhere. So I went in, Indian rodeo to one here, and I was uh like it was fifteen. No, I would have been sixteen, sixteen or seventeen maybe. But dad was coming to all these Indian rodeos with me down south here. At um, I made the short go in Browning, Montana, and then I drove. We drove all the way back to. Uh, Benelto for the novice, and then we had to go back to the short go. And I'm like, I didn't really want to go. They're big, scary Indian horses. I've never really seen humans. And I'm like, this doesn't sound really that fun, Dad. And he's like, Well, we're going. And I'm like, Oh, so he drove the <laughs> winner back. He's uh, definitely committed to my career. How did how go? Cool, how you got there? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bad. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. They run in four huge, like, I don't, I don't even know where they found these things. They're just giant, uh, black, big, not 
like they say they've been touched, but I swear these things have never seen a bucket shoot. Yeah, and they all bucket <laughs> do it. Surprising. Did you did you qualify for the INFR that year? You went to all those rodeos then too, or were you or were you eligible to qualify for them? No, no, I just went the one year, and I, I, yeah, I was eligible to qualify for it, but I think actually I wasn't very far off qualifying for it. I needed to be like, I needed to win, um, Obima, and I think I was second. So that's that. That's so I didn't, I didn't make it, but you know, yeah, they're they're I, I would did some Indian rodeos back in the day too, but they're fun. Like Sutina, like their rodeo is like one of the coolest ones I've ever been at. But the prize they give away is, is it's, it's insane. Where at? Dutina, just outside Calgary. There, did you ever go to their big, their big powwow? And roll? Oh, yeah, like yeah. one of like ten grand at it or whatever. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Um. um yeah. Yeah, yeah. So going back to some of the family stuff, uh, how cool was it for for you making the NFR for the first time and having your your dad down there with you? Obviously, you guys are pretty close when it comes to the career side of things. Yeah. No, it was uh, it was really neat, honestly. And and uh, yeah, Dawson made it that year too. And then Roddy, so Roddy and Dad kind of got to hang out. It was uh, it was a really cool experience, a big learning experience for me. Like I didn't have fence in the bar for sure that I would like that, but I learned a lot. I learned what not to do and what to do, and and uh, yeah, it was it was a blast. So I had a lot of all that credit. Definitely experience won't forget. And uh, having dad there was just neat. You know, he, he uh, I don't even know honestly if he's ever went down there and watched it. So I think that might have been his first time actually watching that part. And I want to say maybe not, but if he has went through. He's only went went to maybe once. But anyways, it was uh, so it was cool. And he got uh, he got to see a lot of old buddies he hadn't seen in a lot of time. Then I got to meet quite a few old friends that have heard my stories about. It was definitely like, for sure. Well, you guys, I mean, there's like an Airbnb there, right? Like, so I remember I remember Corey yeah. the story how he he came over and played some songs and party with you guys one night. And said it was pretty wild. Yeah, that was actually ranked. Yeah. Dad, dad got an Airbnb, and then, uh, yeah, Corb, well, so the night before, Corb and me and Doss were, uh, I don't even know where we were, we were where, uh, somewhere in one of them hotels, and uh, it was like four in the morning, and Doss was on the phone somewhere lost, he comes stumbling back, he was drunk, he like, what, I don't remember what he said, he said, fucking dad me a beer something with his bartender, he's like, don't fucking swear, and he's like, fuck off, and then we got all of that in there. Corb was trying to backtrack for us, but it didn't work out, so they kicked us out of there. And then Corb that night was like, "Yeah, well, I'll come over and take a solid to death there be beat." I was like, "Oh shit, yeah, that was pretty sweet." I did come over and played lots. And there was lots. Got to know people that showed up. There was not a lot. So pretty cool. You le- you said you learned about uh, what not to do while in Vegas. Would you like to elaborate at all, or? Uh... <laughs> Well, what not to do? Yeah, not not too many, not too many uh, wild but but like just like honestly, like the hotel. I I would get an Airbnb just because you're there for like two weeks and it's just no hotel drinks, you know, kind of, just stuff like that. Like just to keep yourself fresh because by the end of it, it's like every day you got to walk through the freaking uh, casino, right? So it's like fuck, you just get tired of. It. You know, and then if you're losing at the casino, and then you're really fucking tired of it. <laughs> definitely, definitely would get an Airbnb. We did, but there should have just split the odds with us. But you, uh, you also mentioned, uh, uh, you mentioned your saddle way earlier on. Uh, 
there's a lot of little finicky little things on a bronc riding saddle and you said you kind of built rebuilt an old one uh i want to get to that a little bit because those things there's there's a lot to the the bronc riding saddle what what i guess i guess i got, got asked too like what are you riding what is that is it a lot of those things last a long time like you can get them redone like you probably start off with one of your old ones your dad's or something a roddy or or the boys like there's probably some saddle yeah. trading that goes around a little bit too oh definitely lots yeah i started with uh roddy's 93 saddle and um and yeah so that was good sound i gave it back to him i think some other kids ride it now but um and then this saddle it's actually got a funny story this saddle so i broke in at san antonio at 2020 i guess it would have been yeah it was 2020 and before covid and uh so i broke it at san antonio and i didn't have another saddle so i i called cody parts he sent me a tree like the next day just a tree maker down here and it, it's a dull kind of a copy of a doll tree that he custom built for her. So he sent it over to me, and then I didn't have time. I was at the American the next day, semifinal, so I didn't have time to get someone to put the leather on it. So I was going to just ride Chet's Johnson saddle, but it's smaller than mine. But I was like, I was riding or whatever. Well, then we get drinking beer that night. Me, Chet's, Ferris, Dawson, like Chet, everybody at Chet's house, Steve built there. And I like got fairly tuned up, and Chad's like, fuck, we could just build that saddle. Let's just move all your leather over to it. And I'm like, well, how are we going to get the rigging straight or any of that? Like, I don't know any of that, really. He's like, yeah, we'll fucking figure it out. So, yeah, we just started moving leather over, and then we freaking had some strings, and we got the rigging measured out. So, we built it that night. That's a saddle. Well, that's saddle I made the NFR at 2021. But I, I don't know why. Right before the NFR, I got out of it thinking there might be this other doll. Let's have an owl hold my feet. Yeah, this this is actually a funny part of that whole story too. Is let's have an owl hold my feet in that saddle, and I was like, "Well, it's a saddle. Like the panel's so flat, the blank it's running me out. Like I just can't." And then so I changed saddles, had a terrible NFR. Then I get back in this thing and go to San Antonio and all that, put big two jumps, broke and everything. And I was like, "It's definitely my mind." Like. That just goes to show how much your mind does, you know, like, but, so yeah, that's, it was kind of a cool, cool experience. You sure built on itself. That's funny. <laughs> the, uh, how many, how many saddles does, like, do your dad and Roddy have just kicking around? Like, do they just have, like, a room in the garage? Like, there's just a stack of them, or, like, what, what's the, what's the deal? Well, oh, Roddy did, because, uh, he was, like, he broke a few or whatever, and then, so he had, he had quite a few, and then he, he ordered a couple new ones because I don't even remember why, because it kind of the saddles were changing or whatever. So, like, a 93 saddle is different than his other saddles and all that. So, same as any other, I guess, you tried something new. But Roddy has a stack up, but Chris, he just has one saddle he rode for, I don't even know why, like, probably 20, maybe, maybe not quite 15 years, but he just had one back when spears were making them so he has one spear that he just rode he rode somebody else's saddle before that but he got a brand new spear that was to sell for his career really and so spears are actually from pendleton and, and i was reading up that pendleton's one of your favorite rodeos the whole year too yeah that's a ranked rodeo yeah severe i've never been to severe shop which i need to go but um yeah i need to go see that for sure but yeah definitely definitely a cool one of the coolest rodeos going to in probably the world, I'd say for sure. 
Your your address is Rocky Mountain House too. And speaking of these saddles, it got me thinking about the Alan Christie song, uh, the old Bronx saddle. Yeah. Two swells in the cattle. Yeah. Old Alan. He yeah uh, he uh the rawhide lazy boy. <laughs> yeah, he lives right by where I grew up, like where my dad lives. And um, he's a he's an old beauty, old Alan. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I haven't seen that old man in a while. Is that, uh, I guess, if you're going to pick a uh, riding song, like your your theme song in the Bronx riding, would that be it? Like the hometown guy, or, or is it a little too country and western for you? <laughs> yeah, well, I'm not going to lie. It's not the best pump-up song. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd go with something a little different, maybe, but it's not bad. Do you, do you notice that kind of stuff though when you get like before you know like what song is playing and shit or do you or do you try to like or do you like ever talk to the sound guy like or if she tell you or someone somewhere do you like anyone plays a song or what? Yeah, well I need to like because I do have songs I like to hear, but yeah, I'll notice when the songs that I like come on, I definitely I'll be singing them in my head sometimes before I'm getting on stuff. But they, uh, I definitely do notice that type of stuff. So this is the first time we've had this happen during a show, but we've got uh, Wiener Dog on the console and Ben's actually getting some fuel. <laughs> some first <Yes>. truck. <laughs> But uh, but Wacy, we were thinking about we we're thinking about what we could uh, pick uh, Ben for a bronc riding song. I wonder if the I wonder if Smudge has any ideas. Man, Ben strikes me as a guy who would who like a gravy train guy. Oh yeah, like uh, young gravy, some young gravy. I wonder, Macy, what do you think? Are you still in the truck here? Yeah, I'm here. I'm trying to think. Ben, ben has a very wide selection. <laughs> 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 Um, let me think here. It's a lot of like. I have a bad word when I would say for it, but I can't say that. Is it some like very like hood rat shit? And then <laughs> and then the next song, the next song will be like Cody Johnson, and then a song that no one's heard for fifteen years is something that he'll just play on repeat. But I think really? Ben's like most toxic trait. Is that he will, he was, and, and Logan and everyone that's traveled with Ben can prove this is with songs. If he hears one song, it doesn't matter if it's new, it doesn't matter if it's something no one's heard in so long, but he'll get hooked on a song and that's all he'll play. Like <laughs> on our way from Houston all the way home, it was, I don't know, some Drake song. And he would not stop singing it. And it's on repeat. Like, there's no there's no break in between the song. It's just repeat. The same song over and over and over. And then when it's block oh, playing, he's singing it himself. And it goes for little, like, sayings, too, you know? Like, him and Logan will have a certain word or, like, a certain, like, saying that they'll just they apply to every single situation. What's the what's the most what's the most <laughs> recent? Very it's the one off of TikTok. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> like if you say No way. Yeah, no way. Fuck's sake. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um like, if it, like it's a TikTok where is like say it's like to fill up your your fucking WD forty can that runs out of like the juice or whatever, and he fills it up. He sees this guy filling it up with an air compressor. He's like, "What? No way!" 
fuck's sake it just like drags me up <laughs> or he'll have like little names that he'll like have or something and then like i swear there's like i can't remember who we're talking to and it was like someone we never are around and they said it and i was like there's no way anybody else came up with that so like they were it was well i guess two years ago now ben and Kays and logan were headed to texas and i was living there and so they were off on their way and i was just like planning on ben to be here at like a certain day or whatever and he's like calls me and he's like yeah um we're not gonna be there for a few more days and i was like why he was like well dog water over here put fuel in or put gas in the diesel tank in logan's truck and so that that's been case's name ever since dog water and the other day we were around one of one of the girlfriends or wives said that's totally dog water and i was like what everybody uses it now and like you would not stop hearing that like everything that went wrong or like if someone like pitched the boys off or they did something stupid like you were dog water that's that's what you are <laughs> that's well, a label so if if uh if k's is dog water what's uh can you enlighten us on some of the other uh nicknames like like logan dawson uh ashbacker one truck uh, i got i got a dawson is Dorf. Layton is layla um, Cole Ashbacker is what's his name? Oh yeah, Elroy. Elroy. <laughs> Elroy. Pat, his name is Cole Pack. Alpaca. He's got a lot of nicknames. <laughs> what are some other ones? There's some pretty raunchy. Doris. Doris is funny because he's like, well, it's not that funny, but he called Layla Layla, and then Layla was crying about it one day, and he's like, I saved my nickname or whatever. He's like, I'm gonna make. I'm gonna make a girl nickname for you, and the. If I call him Dorothy, so guys, stuff Dorothy. Like everybody, there's people that don't, I think don't even know Dawson's name. No, I'll tell you a funny story. Like Ben doesn't really have many nicknames, but actually, the ironic thing is that we're literally headed to Houston. And this happened, so it was on like uh, what 2020, I think, right during cool. COVID. So Ben, Ben like never has to enter himself or anything. Like Logan does it all the time. Like if Logan isn't going to a rodeo that Ben is going to. Like, I'm concerned that he hasn't been entered because Ben seriously, like, will not remember, doesn't know how. And he's like, oh, yeah, well, Logan did. I'm like, I guarantee you he didn't because he's not even going, but whatever. Anyways, Ben has to enter himself and they have, like, they have, like, a very complex, like, entering system. Like, there's a bunch of, like, random things that you have to put in there, you know, like, I don't know. You write your own biography and everything like that. Well, then they put in, um, you have to write what your nickname is. And Ben was under the impression that that was what you're like legitimate, like what your friends call you. But like, he doesn't understand like that's what your preferred name is. So like, (laughs) so on the big screen of Houston and everything, it's Benji Anderson, like the whole time in Houston. And so. Another sound back concept. Why would they put preferred name then? Yeah. Well, my so mine just for my story, mine in the pro rodeos and everything used to be William Stoven because my real name was William. So I thought that I had yeah. to enter as William, but then when I figured out the preferred name <laughs> thing, then I was Ted. But I was William yeah. before that. Freaking <laughs> no. Yeah. But a lot of the guy actually gave it through on the head with his Elberts. And we're going to Shorty. I could see why I vote Delbert's son. 
<laughs> oh man. Ah, waste what else? Poor Lefty. His real his real name is Lefty and have like he said Lily said when he was a little kid he would cry at school because people would always ask him what his real name was. And he was like, That is my real name. <laughs> and then the it's other day on the way to the American they held him up. Yeah, they held him up in customs because they didn't believe that his name was actually Lefty. So they like, Damn, yeah, like they questioned him and everything. So, um, miss the NFR in 2022. You're off to a good start in 2023. Kind of what are some goals? Obviously, getting back to NFR is, is one of them. But kind of what does 2023 look like for you? Yeah, definitely getting back to the NFR. Honestly, well, I, I really think It'd be a good year to win the world, of course, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm just kind of really going to stick uh, stick to this book and just kind of like for that wise and um, really work on my metal game and just I've been going to the gym, of course, and like just kind of keep keep more fit, really uh, commit myself to the process. And so it's definitely going to be more of that. And I don't know, we'll see what it, we'll see how it pans out, but I'm excited for this year and I'm going to I'm going to try to bring my BMX bike around a little more do a lot more biking and stuff like that what's the what's the best trick that you know on the bmx like you used to be do that at a pretty high level too didn't you well no i didn't do that high level. i just like messed around but i did a lot of it but um i can 360 i can tail whip bar spin oh yeah ever want to ever try mountain biking i see no i never have and i really want to i like i mean i like anytime but i've always like air and out way more than i like tricks so that's why i like went to motocross but like yeah i'd really like to do some mountain biking for sure anytime you're in in bc hit me up we'll, we'll take you out we go we go quite a bit so it's nice neat well we got uh i will actually like around arm show we got a cabin in vernon so yeah mate. Up on that. yeah for sure man yeah i think that's the closing weekend of silver star usually too so the, the bike park up the hill at silver star and vernon is sick the uh you mentioned you mentioned go oh, to yeah. gym. How much? How much different is the is the diet, and how tough is it? We talked to a few people about this, but trying to stay, trying to eat well on the road, like that's not easy either. No, it's really naughty to eat well on the road. And um, yeah, I've been like, well, me and Logan done with that. Like, when I, I in my camp, I'm gonna build like a little cooking kind of deal in there, so we can we can cook more. Cause like, even it, it's not even just. Uh, like it's inconvenient to have to stop all the time, right? And then sit down when you kind of get the rodeo or whatever. So I can build this much good food in the back. And that's what I'm going to start trying to do because, like you said, it's so hard. Like a lot of fast food, a lot of, especially when you're trying to get somewhere and a lot of, um, and a lot of vet or, um, restaurants too. And, and like it is good food, them restaurants, but at the same time, they got a lot of GMOs and all kinds of stuff that food that's just, or yeah, you know, so. well, it, gets, it gets expensive eating at the restaurants too, man. It's not cheap. No, exactly right. So, like, it, it definitely, definitely, I'd say a huge portion of your. Uh, I was looking at that in my in my taxes there day. It was like a amount of money towards truth. So mm-hmm. that doesn't help. Doesn't help when we bush and we get stuck with the whole bill. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to hear you guys still play bush out there. I've been trying to bring that back. Oh, yeah. times lately. That's a good game. Tell you lose. Tell you lose. It's all a good game. Tell you lose. Yeah. <laughs> ah, go ahead again, Wastler, man. Yeah, yeah. Unless, so I think we're, are, are you anything else or should I, the the finale? I've enjoyed the heck out of this, Ben. We haven't had, really had this long of a conversation ever, so I appreciate it. We, uh, we got to find you that song, though. We kind of got sidetracked on the song thing. What do you, I was thinking, like, 
I was kind of taking you for maybe like a classic rock and roll kind of guy, like maybe like Def Leppard, ACDC. ACDC is kind of like everybody's used that, and it's hard to find a unique one because you got to have yeah. a unique song for you. But like, I heard, but then Macy was saying something about like Drake, and then you getting on some of the rap rap music. So I mean, Macy was thinking it should be Young Gravy. I'll probably get rid of him a bit. I like old Billy Squire, honestly. That's what we can probably probably work with that. That's uh, that's coming awesome. coming at you soon. We won't get to do it the for a while, but lovely is the night. Ooh, that's, that's a good a banger. That's a really good song. Yeah. yeah, we can do that. We can make that happen. That's that you're all about right now. The short one. That's not so the right one. Lonely as the night. That's a that's great a pick. That's easy. That's an easy fix. We'll uh, we'll yeah, we'll do it up. Won't happen in Houston though. I got everything there. I think is still royalty free for TV. They have, they have to do it where they like can't play anything really. Uh, they can't play any actual music because it's it's got to be royalty free for their TV broadcast. I think. Oh really? Yeah, uh, and like and then the, that's why it's so quiet, and they want to hear the pipes. So I think I don't know. They really do play songs. Really. Yeah, it's different, different setup. But uh, somewhere else, we'll we'll keep yeah. an eye on it. Definitely, where we're working uh, with you, we can get get it going. So. <laughs> Sounds good. Anyways, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's been awesome, man. I really appreciate you taking the time. It's been fun to finally get you to get it yeah, all happening. So it's been, been sweet. But we'll, uh, we'll leave you with the last question that we ask all our guests here. Uh, what is your definition of cowboy shit? Oh, that's a good question. Definition of cowboy shit. Honestly, I'm going to go ahead and say J.R. Rezane is a very good definition of cowboy shit. That guy... Uh, that guy's been through the trials of tribulations like no other person. He was a rank bareback rider. Now and then he like did a lot of rank guide, doing all kinds of stuff in the mountains, hunting all horseback. And now with his injury, taking on the leap, trying to figure out how to be a like working cow horse trainer. So I'd say that guy's definitely a cowboy shit. Yeah, he's, he's pushed through everything. Mind to be one of the toughest human beings I've ever seen. Oh, right on. Love it. Well, he's on our list for get him on the show. So we'll uh, we'll take yeah, that back when we get him on the show sometime. Definitely. That's badass. Well, do good this weekend in uh, in Houston. And uh, and then I guess you might get home for a while after this or maybe the California run next. What's the next little bit look like? Yeah, we're going to come home and I bought a house. So we're going to get it all squared away and start painting and doing all that. Yeah. Pretty excited to go home for a little bit. Where'd yeah, you go? Where'd you guys buy the house at? Well, I got just moved to, uh, uh, like, uh, what do you, but double wide on the new uh, quarter of land there. So, yeah. Rock, yeah. like Rocky area or somewhere else or what? Rocky, yeah. Yeah. It's in between Rocky and Eckville. Oh, right on. Well, congrats on the new place. Yeah. Hope the hope the interest isn't too bad for you. That's a little nasty right hey, now. It's, it's not the best, but you know, we're getting by. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> keep winning and it'll be all good. Yeah, no shit. Wow. Well, thanks for joining us, Ben. We sure appreciate it. Thanks for having us, guys. I appreciate it. It's fun.
Welcome back. Thanks for listening, folks. This is the Truck Cast. Now in the River Valley, uh, 9.7 kilometers north of Highway 14 on 897 South. For those that know the area, just south of Paradise Hill. No, Paradise Valley, I think. I don't know. I forget where we even are. We're in the middle of northern Saskatchewan, northern Alberta. North North Central Alberta. It's fucking still east, winter here. East Central? Yeah, it's cold. It's, what is it? Uh, I don't even know. It's cold as hell, though. It's, it's winter cold, and it's yeah. minus four today and it's sunny out. What's that in Fahrenheit, Ted? Uh, about conversion. 27 Fahrenheit, maybe less, maybe Damn. 23. Damn yeah, cold. so it's still winter up here. Hopefully you're warm where you are, folks. But, uh, yeah, thanks again, Ben, for being on the show. Thanks for taking the time. He was driving, which worked pretty well. I guess this is an entire truck cast. I guess the whole, yeah, dang, yeah. I never even thought of that. We That's weren't in the it. truck, so part of it, it's mostly truck cast, though. There's a little ski hill there. That's cool. Yeah. Um, anyways, we're in the municipal district of Wainwright. Nice. And we had a couple more things. So you wanted to bring up the celebration chat we had about with Ben. Yeah, I, I thought that was a cool conversation because I think, like, rodeo in general over the years, like, it's kind of been, like, a almost a taboo thing or kind of, like, frowned upon to, like, really show a lot of emotion in the arena, you know? I don't know if I'm wrong there, but it just seems like obviously you got to keep yourself, keep it professional and, like, whatever, but I think being able to show some more. Again, like Rocker Steiner, again, we mentioned in the show, but he really kind of rocked the boat when it comes to like showing emotion in the arena or like doing what he does. So I wonder, it'd be cool to see more guys doing that kind of thing because I just think it just makes it more, you become more recognizable to fans and you're not kind of just and like, it's okay to be excited about stuff, you know? Like, I don't know. I, I like the planned ones that they might do sometime. Yeah, the planned ones would be funny. Like if there's a clown when that, there with like Brinson or like yeah. Matt Merritt or Flint or one of those guys who are like really funny and are down for that kind of thing, it'd be really cool to see some like planned sellies. Be awesome. Could be fun. Could be I really be fun. like almost be like calling your shot. <laughs> Could be really fun. Yeah. Um, there was other stuff I wanted to talk about too. Ways. Uh, the the guests on the show. Sometimes we get wondering who we want to have on the show. Yeah. Hope y'all enjoyed we had a pretty big streak of ladies there for a while between uh, our friend cassie Hausauer, uh jill baron shaley ham mm-hmm. and then double down last week with alex ludit and melissa hollingsworth hopefully hopefully we were you know we're trying to engage a larger audience here on some of these pieces Keep it fresh for you all too right trying to make a difference so hopefully you guys you everybody's enjoying the shows uh but i want to say if you're listening uh what, or you are obviously we want to hear from you guys want to hear from you though yeah so let us know who you want to hear from on the Cowboy Shit Podcast. Uh, your thoughts, who we should talk to, who you might suggest. Yeah. Maybe a contact you have that should be on Would the be show. Would be a good fit, yeah. Yeah, so we've got a list of a few folks. Um, some stuff work in the works, but tell us who you want to hear from on the We're show. We're here what to you, serve you guys. What you like as far as the format is. Kind of had a similar format for a while, but yeah. we're open to changes. But, uh, but let us know what you think. We... Uh, we're going to keep rocking on this. We're at 140 today, I think. Hard 140, and we should be, by the time the show comes out, I'm guessing we'll be, we'll be we're at, we were at 398.9 last night when I looked before oh, bed. Nice. So we cool. should be at 400,000 downloads. Pretty so close. we should, like, and that, and saying that, we should say thank you to everybody for yeah. listening over the years. Like, it's been a, been a big run for us, too. and we really appreciate everybody listening. So it's always nice and to hear people commenting on it. So, as a thank you, if you're not on our email list, you should probably join it because we've got a special promo coming. Out with today's show. 
stay tuned to your emails for that. Yeah. And as an addition, we also have the Pod15 promo code. So if you're not much of an email folk person, but you want to still get a discount on our new gear, we got a bunch of new hats. Make sure you get check out those, everybody. Uh, a bunch of new clothes. We'll have new stuff on the way again later in the spring here, summertime as well. Yeah. But yeah, Pod15, P-O-D-1-5. 15% off big, your order at cowboyshit.ca. Yeah, it's a big thank you for, for following us for over or the years. So it's 400,000 downloads. If you're in America, it's cowboyshitofficial.com. Dot? Or cowboyshitusa.com. If you want to live on the dot com side of the world. Hell yeah. So, yeah. That's, um, uh, one more, one more thing. Yeah, one more thing before. I guess one more thing I want to get to for sure before we go is uh, recently uh, Lee Bellows passed away. He was, mm-hmm. he was a big influence and worked uh, the amateur associations in Canada for a long time. Um, he comes from the same part of the world as my dad, so my dad's known him too ever since he was a kid. So Lee was always, like one of the you call him a builder of rodeo more so than what he did in the arena. He was always willing to lend a helping hand, and he put on a lot of rodeo schools in Moose Jaw. Like got a lot of people their their kind of their start uh, in like the CCA and amateur rodeo, kind of in Saskatchewan, Southern Alberta, Manitoba, that type of thing. So it's a tough day for uh, for rodeo kind of across the board, but really thankful to have I, I even like for me crossing crossing paths with Lee as much as 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 I did he always had a, a bottle of water or something nice to say to you so definitely going to be missed around the the rodeo especially in Saskatchewan so thinking of Lee and his family and we'll uh yeah we'll hopefully help his memory live on here throughout the next the coming years Lee uh, I only I got to work with him on the rodeo side of things maybe once or twice in Verdon mm-hmm. but uh enjoyed enjoyed being around him and and uh and just yeah, like you said, one of the nicest people in the whole deal. Oh, knew, yeah. who, knew who we were and knew. Um, he was a very was genuine fellow. Yeah, super, super. And he's always willing, people. and he had some great stories. Like always willing to share. Like he on on his Facebook page, like he always posts old pictures with like because he worked a lot with like Raymond Goodman, Ryan Byrne, like all those guys coming mm. up through the ranks, right? Like he I mean, Lee fought bulls before he got into rodeo clowning. Oh so, really? Like he has some really cool old school pictures, and his wife Teresa, she would always bring a camera around to rodeos and take pictures and just give them to people for free at TC oh, rodeos cool. and stuff. So they're they're a heck of a family that's done a lot for. Like I said, for amateur rodeo in 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 Saskatchewan mostly, but kind of yep. across the board. So outstanding. Yeah. Well, uh, we'll miss you, Lee. Yeah. And uh, but thanks for thanks for what you did for the sport, and thanks for always being there for for everybody. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. No. We. Yeah. We'll, he'll we'll, he'll be missed, but what what he did will will never be forgotten. So yeah. we're thinking of him. Well, that uh, nice way to finish up the show, Waste. Thanks for mm-hmm. sharing your stories with Lee. If you've got a story about about Lee. Uh, Make sure to send it our way sometime here, and we'll uh, yeah, we'll, we'll share up, yeah. share some of our favorite ones on different pages and whatnot, and yeah, maybe on the show here coming up. So, so thanks everybody for listening. Thanks to Ben Anderson being on the show this week. Thank you, Wacy, our editor Sean Morton, and uh, check us out on social media, game. Cowboy Shit Official. Yeah, stay tuned for all that kind of stuff. We got yeah. shit happening all the time. So, yeah, we'll see you out down the road sometime, folks. Have a good one. We'll catch up soon. Now I just found.